Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. Uh, Genesis 3.22, I'd like you to see that. This is proof that you can pass things whether you like it or not. How many of you know your kids act like you instead of what you told them? You passed it on when you weren't looking. That's usually what life is like. Sometimes it's very painful to look at. Sometimes it makes you proud, right? And the Lord said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take it also the tree of life and eat and live forever. In other words, he had that present state, and if he would have eaten of that tree, he would have kept passing that. He would have passed that because he would have never died. Do you know God had, this sounds so hard, but God had to let us die so evil doesn't get passed too. If you think about it, why did he have to flood the earth? He, if he didn't flood the earth, he, he might not have been able to get Jesus in the earth because when wickedness takes over, God needs something to work through. That's why he finds a man. When God wants to do something, he finds a man in a family and he works through that family. That's why some of you that are called to ministry your whole family was called to ministry. It's hard to call one without the other. If you believe you're called to ministry, the, usually the entire family is involved in it in some way or another. And nothing to support until they get their opportunity. So knowledge can be passed, not just evil, everything. Um, cooking, gardening, uh, taking care of a home, you know, repairing automobiles, even working, doing software and computers. All those things are knowledge that can be passed on. You could tell that, that the family has broken up because so many people uh, now, the, the younger people, don't have the knowledge that they get when they have a dad in the house. And uh, when I think of all the things that I learned from my dad that he never told me, I might sound funny, but I mean, I, I, one thing I learned from him is not to be afraid and to just take it apart and see what happens. Like, like this, I'm gonna tell you a little cheesy story, but you know, we, he had a drain leak in his concrete and they, they plugged, they had old terracotta pipe. How many knows about terracotta pipe? Just collapses on you, it's clay. And he come home and uh, he starts sledgehammering in the basement, ripping up the basement. That scared me as a little kid because I thought, man, we're ripping up the house here. <laughs> but um, when it was over, you know, I was, I don't remember how young I was, I was little. But I remember him putting pipes together, and he'd heat lead and put it around. I don't even know when they used to put lead around joints so they didn't leak. That's an old, nobody, that's a really old tactic. But the point was, every time he would do something in front of me, it made me less afraid to go do it on my own, which became a problem to him when he went to work on Monday. <laughs> because I found all kinds of things that I wasn't afraid to do, that I should have been, that, uh, that threatened the safety of the family sometimes, but I was adventuresome because my father showed that he was willing to try to do anything, and it, and it went into my adult life. It's interesting how you get something that you just do it unafraid, and you just go slow enough that you don't kill yourself, but you just do it. So anyway, um, 
I, I, I believe that you've passed so much on to your kids you don't know. And it's not what you said, it's what you did in front of them. Um, I'm going to talk about this Webster's Dictionary. I talk about it all the time. You know, uh, it's an 1867 dictionary, and Rena had it rebound for me. And the church bought me a stand for it years ago, many years ago. And we were in the other building, and I still use it. I look at it every time I go to preach. I always look up words. Sometimes I just sit there and look at it. I'll sit down there and study the words. It has a treasure of information. Now, I realize you get all this on the Internet now, but English language, Bible dictionary, rhyming words, frequently misspelled words. That's a good section for me. Investment banking. If somebody uses terms that I don't know what they're talking about, I look it up. Legal and business terms. Medical terms. Uh, punctuation, I never look at that, but I should. <laughs> I never, I don't, it's boring. You know, it seems like an extra piece of work to get done what I want to say, but I should look at it because there's something to it. When I look at it, this is what I think of when I, when I go to grab that dictionary. I think of a time when people used to self-educate. Like when, when you think of the pioneers and prior to all the phones and all the internet and all the things, you know, if you want to know something, you had to educate yourself. And books were a way of passing that, and somebody else talking to you was how you got it. And if you didn't have somebody to follow and you didn't have it written down, you really didn't have access to anything unless you tried it yourself. And I was thinking how people, young, you know, farmers had to educate themselves. Once in a while, you got to go to town to talk to another farmer. If you raised cattle, then you had to learn, and then if you had to go talk to somebody else who raised cattle. You realize how people had to learn things years ago? and how different it is compared to now. And I always say that kind of life, I really believe this with my whole heart, it'll make you pray. Well, you know, if you're farming and you've got a bank on rain, hallelujah, you'll pray. <laughs> if you've got a bank on the ground not being dry, you'll pray. And, and today, uh, we have so much information that prayer is diminished with the information. It seems like the more information people get, the less they feel they need to pray. And, and I think that, especially in the medical realm, this, this is going to sound really rough, but I, I've seen it over the years. I had relatives that were nurses, and when they were, when, you know, my aunts, you know, they were nurses, they brought home every disease known to man to the house in their head. And you couldn't say you didn't feel good in front of them because they thought you had something deadly and you were going to die. And you never <laughs> wanted to tell them anything. So you kept your health secret. <laughs> You're laughing because it's true, those of you who've been around them. So it was really hard because they knew enough to, to see symptoms, but they, you think about this, if you have symptoms and you don't have God, you have a symptom, you know? You, 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 you have to, God must be in the place ahead of all your knowledge because you discover it, but he knows it, and he, he is the healer, and he knows exactly. You know, I think it was John G. Lake. I'm not sure if I'm not, some of you can correct me later. But they, they, you know, when diseases got on him, they died. Like the bacteria died right as soon as it touched his body. So what was greater, the disease or the God that he had in his belief system? His belief system was greater than any sickness. So when it touched him, whatever it was died when it touched him. So, see, it, there's a place in God there that when you get to know him, he becomes greater than anything. Um, I realize, you know, there's a lot more available today. However... My 1867 dictionary doesn't build a profile on me, it doesn't track me, and it doesn't have a history of my searches. So I, my personal preference, to be quite honest with you, 
would be to use my paperback research book rather than have people build a profile on me you know, for future persecution. And I don't know how you feel about all that, but I believe that's just the way it works. They build your profile, and, and someday when they get their opportunity and write persons in office, they will use that profile to do to you whatever they want. But anyhow, Acts 17, 11. This is, to me, this is a great scripture. It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In other words, the Bereans were different than the Thessalonians. In that they received the word with all readiness. They were glad to come hear it, and they had a ready mind. Now, see, this is where no preacher should ever get insulted. And if you're insulted because people don't believe you, you should remember this scripture. See, this is different than somebody accusing you of something. Like, a lot of people question you with, because they want to have an accusational spirit. But listen to the nobility of these people. And they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. They took personal responsibility to go research what you said to find out if it really was true. Can you see the difference between that and accusation? Accusation wants to prove you wrong. Nobility wants to find out if it's true. So it takes personal responsibility to go find out for themselves before they make their decision. I think it's great. Remember I told you when I start watching Kenneth Copeland years ago, and that's a repeat, but I'll say it. I said, either he's crazy or this is the best news I ever heard in my life. And so it made me want to go research. I thought, if this is true, I don't know anything about this. You know, I grew up Catholic, and we don't know anything about any of that. You don't believe God. God, God does what he wants, and you, you burn candles. Please forgive me, and you hope he notices. That's how it looked to me. I hope that don't sound bad if you've got a Catholic background, but I never understood the burning of candles. I really didn't understand the doctrine. I just, they spoke Latin a lot of times in church, so you really didn't know what was going on. And, and you really weren't in tune with it because it seemed like such a private uh, religion. And uh, it wasn't relational, at least for me. I'm not saying Catholics aren't saved. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in Catholic Church. My, my testimony is contrary. You know, I'm speaking about when I was youth and when I went to a, a place where they acknowledged the Holy Ghost on Thursday night, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in the Catholic Church. So you know, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying I grew up in a in religious tradition. You have to own the truth to apply it to your life effectively. You can't just mimic. Mimic don't have power. Uh, belief does. And if you own it, it comes out different than if you just did it. When, when you pray with people, they'll say, well, I did that. And I'm thinking that's not the same. Owning it is totally different than doing it. Doing it is extremely empty. Owning it puts passion into your purpose. The closer you walk to the truth, the more power you will have. I'm, I'm going to go to John 18, 33. This, this scripture, it almost isn't relevant to my sermon, but it really is. Because we live in a day and age where people call evil good and good evil. So Pilate lived in that. Because think about this. Pilate is a guy that doesn't know God. Doesn't claim to know God. He's a heathen. And, you know, it'd be like you going out in the world. It says Pilate entered their judgment hall again, again, and now he's taking another swing, and called Jesus and said to him, Are thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and saith thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell you of, thee, of me? In other words, did you figure this out or did somebody tell you? Pilate answers, Am I a Jew? In other words, I don't know anything about your culture. Thy own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? 
Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not of this world, for if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou king then? And he answered, Thou sayest that I am. To this end I was born. He tries to explain to a natural man spiritual things. And for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears me. It, mark that because, think about that. If you have the truth, if you love the truth, you can hear the truth. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosic, Pastor Rena Perosic, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.